This is the podcast for Woodland Presbyterian Church in Memphis, Tennessee. We are maturing God's people to serve a hurting world. We hope you enjoy the message, and if you'd like to learn more about our church, look us up at woodlandpres.org. Thanks so much. May the Lord bless you. We're going to be looking at 2 Corinthians 5, 11 through 21. Um, so if you want to go ahead and turn to that in your Bible or look that up on your smartphone, uh, that would be a good thing to do. 2 Corinthians 5, 11 through 21. Um, as a, just a quick kind of recap, uh, obviously on the New Year's Day sermon, it's, a, it's an opportunity to kind of look back and I was just reflecting on some of the things that, uh, that stood out to me from uh, 2022 um, that motivate us, that kind of stir our hearts. And, um, and one of the things that I want to kind of contrast this morning is the fear, fear as a motivator. And so uh, one of the things that stood out to me uh, as, a, as one of the things that was kind of scary in 2022, I was up here uh, with Catherine uh, Miskell, I remember we were kind of, I think we were finishing up a Wednesday night and there was that uh, guy that was driving around shooting people in Memphis and so there was that sense of like, I'm scared, like I've got to get to my car and drive home and, uh, and that was motivated me to drive really fast. Thankfully, you know, I didn't get pulled over, but there's that, that heart motivation. Um, uh, I know, um, uh, you know, we, we all knew about uh, Liza Fletcher who was uh, murdered, she was out for a jog. You know, those kinds of things stir fear in us. And, um, and that, <clears throat> it's a hard thing to, to, to be motivated to live day to day by fear. And I know, um, and so my whole point in emphasizing that this morning is that I want you to be motivated by love, by God's love. And so hopefully that will come through this morning in the text that we're going to read, 2 Corinthians 5, 11 through 21. <clears throat> so if you're able, please stand for the reading of God's word. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others, but what we are is known to God, and I hope it is known also to your conscience. We are not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you cause to boast about us, so that you may be able to answer those who boast about outward appearance and not about what is in the heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ controls us, because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died, and he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. Verse 16, from now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, 
and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Verse 20, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God for our sake. He made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. Please pray with me. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, open our eyes, unstop our ears, and soften our hearts so that we may receive your words and apply them to our lives. Reveal your love to us and strengthen us in our faith as we prepare for a new year as new creations in Christ. We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. So as we uh, move through this passage, um, we're gonna, I've, I've broken it down into three sections and there's an outline printed on the back of your bulletin if you want to follow along the outline. But the first part is Christ is our controller, verses 11 through 15. Christ is our recreator, verses 16 through 19, and then we are ambassadors for Christ, verses 20 to 21. So let's jump right in to the first section here. Um, In the first part of this section, um, Paul is defending his motivation for sharing the gospel. He says that he fears the Lord, that he is interested in people's hearts and not their outward appearance. He reminds the Corinthians that he is for God and he is for them. He defends the fact that he is motivated by the love of Christ and nothing else. He also uses the word control to describe his relationship with Jesus. He says, for the love of Christ controls us. We find that in verse 14. This is a gospel love, a sacrificial love, that compelled him to change from being one of the biggest persecutors of the Christian church to one of the greatest evangelists of the Christian church of all times. And in the process, because of that motivation that he had from Christ's love, he was able to endure countless hardships, which can be recalled in the book of Acts, including shipwrecks and snake bites and Uh, many lashings at the hands of Roman soldiers. But that deep, deep love of Christ that Paul experienced was so transformative for Paul that it controlled or constrained him through all his trials and dangers and hardships. So what kind of love would compel someone to endure such hardships? Verse 14 and 15 give us the answer. It says that one, namely Jesus Christ, died for all. Excuse me. Died for all, and because of this great sacrifice, all who are living should no longer live for themselves, but they have set themselves aside. If you note in verse 13, there it says, for we we are beside ourselves. I kind of had to ponder that for a minute, but I think what he's saying there is that that, that they are, he's no longer living for self. He set himself aside. But they should live for Christ. Verse 15. He says, And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died. So he's saying, We should set ourselves aside, and we should live 
for Christ. This is powerful motivation. Paul is saying that I'm not motivated anymore by outward appearances or financial gain. He's basically confessing to the Corinthians that, hey, I'm not a false prophet. My motivation is true. My motivation is Christ. He's saying it's not about me. He's saying I'm controlled or constrained by my understanding of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm controlled or constrained by the great love of God found in Jesus Christ. And as this verse reminds us, the old is gone and the new has come. I think this is so important for us to not just jump over this. This is where the the heart of the motivation comes from. If we really dig in and understand the gospel and we embrace the gospel and bring this into our heart, then everything else flows out of this uh, because the gospel needs to be the controlling factor. Um, And it's not a control. I want to dig down a little bit in that word control because we're, we're an independent type people. We don't like to be controlled. We don't want someone... Uh, like a puppeteer, you know, controlling us, right? So it's a different kind of control. It's more of a, of being constrained by a love motivation. And I think that uh, a great example of this control, constraint, um, comes out to me, um, I've seen it on the basketball court a couple of times. So, uh, for instance, I was coaching this fifth grade basketball team and one of my players went in under the basket and he got fouled. Uh, he went in hard, kind of a charge situation. And the other player uh, got up off the floor and started hitting him in the face like a windmill. Boom, 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 like this. And my, the other player fought back. Boom, 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 boom. And then, um, so the kids were fighting. And so the referees had to come in and clear it up and everything. Well, after the game, you know, we think everything's cooled down. Well, the moms start yelling at each other. So the mom of the one kid and the mom of the other kid, they're yelling at each other and they're ready to go to blows because they want to protect their kids, right? So no one has to teach the moms to be protective, right? You've heard the term mama bear. Um, Well, this is the controlling factor of like when you're a mom, you love your kids and you'll do what it takes to protect them, right? And we saw this the other day with a dad even. Uh, daughter the dad was assistant coach and the daughter was on the court and the daughter got hard fouled and the dad jumped up and was like yelling at the ref you know he's going crazy because it's his daughter getting hurt right no one coached him how to do that right his his inner motivation was I've got to protect my daughter and so he gets ejected and, uh, but he stood up for his daughter, right? He showed his love. Another um, great illustration, I think it's a great illustration uh, of this controlling factor is in the movie um, Captain America. And this is where um, uh, Steve Rogers, he's Captain America. And, you know, he's kind of a scrawny guy, but he's got this intangible thing, this characteristic that, that uh, motivates him. It's, it's almost like a shepherding, self-sacrificial love characteristic. Uh, he wants to protect the under, underdog, um, guardian type thing. And, um, and uh, Dr. Erskine and Colonel Phillips, they're trying to find the secret ingredient in the soldiers. 
because they want to make this super soldier that has this, this kind of this secret motivating ingredient in them. And so if you recall, they're doing some, uh, uh, they're doing some basic training elements and there's a bunch of people around. And so, uh, so Colonel Phillips played by Tommy Lee Jones, he takes a grenade and he takes this grenade and he goes, grenade, and he throws it in the middle of everyone. And everyone scatters, you know. Ah, protect yourself, protect yourself, get out of the way. And, and Steve Rogers, you know, what does he do? He, he goes and jumps on the grenade and says, grenade, get back, get back. Like he's, his motivation was to protect the other people around him. And it's that, that protective, self-sacrificial love that is motivating Steve Rogers, and then that, that in itself is a small picture, a small glimpse of the gospel where Jesus Christ, he wants to protect the whole world, and so he goes to the cross, and he lays his life down to save the, save the world. And in this situation, um, that we're, we're drawing the parallel to what, what Paul did, as well as this motivation for, for being an ambassador for Christ. So when we grasp the magnitude of this, we begin to ask the question, am I controlled by the love of Christ like Paul was? Like Paul was willing to lay down his whole life to share the message of Christ. So we could ask, what am I willing to endure for the sake of the gospel? What have I prioritized over the gospel this last year and what do I need to change in 2023 in order to have the love of Christ fully control all that I do? Take some time this week and ask yourself those questions. Am I being controlled by that love of Christ? Is that the, the knee-jerk reaction that comes out of me when a challenging situation comes about? Is it that self-sacrificial love or is it the self perseverance are we I know I'm confessing my own heart you know my I'm more prone to choose comfort over sacrifice right but as followers of Christ we need to be thinking about how can we reflect the love of Christ that self-sacrificial love of Christ and and live for others so which brings us to point two uh, Christ is our recreator so verses 16 through 19, I'll read that again since it's been a minute. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. So verse 16 and 17, we read that from now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. And then if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, which is, of course, appropriate for us on New Year's to think about what does it mean to be a new creation or recreated. So this is a radical shift of regarding people according to their position in Christ instead of their flesh. They use the term flesh in the text. 
But it changes the way people deal with their sin, and it has major implications for the church and for us. This, radi- this is radical because the old way of reconciling ourselves to God is now gone. The Old Testament way of sacrificing animals for sin is now gone. The only thing that people are now judged on is whether they are in Christ or not in Christ. In verse 19, it says, God is not counting their trespasses against them. And this is true if they're in Christ. This is radical, and this is why Christ made such a stir with the Pharisees when he forgave sins. They knew that only God had the power to forgive sins, and this is exactly what Paul was preaching, the forgiveness of sins. The love of God found in Jesus' sacrificial love is reconciling us through the forgiveness of sin and through our faith in the finished work of Christ. Christ alone through faith alone. This has a huge bearing on us because of verse 16 that says that from now on we regard no one according to the flesh. This means that all of our external judgments, devices are no longer valid. If we want to judge someone according to their skin color, economic status, political affiliation, country of origin, or zip code, we can't do this anymore. Because the reality that is in Christ, the old has passed away and the new has come. The only thing that we can judge people on is whether they are in Christ or not, whether they have been recreated or born again or not. There are now only two categories of people, saved or lost. All the other categories don't matter. And this is so important for us to consider as we look ahead to 2023. And we need to, um, we need to consider who needs to know about God's amazing love. I think, um, I think this is why ministries like World Relief are so important Um, because they assist with legal immigration. So when refugees come into our country, they partner with them and they partner with host families to bring uh, refugees into a a healthy functioning, into American society. And it's a great opportunity for us to share the gospel with um, people who are coming from different countries uh, in a tangible way. Um, As we uh, know, Currently, you know, God is bringing um, lots of people from all over the world into the United States currently, and hospitality is a great way for us to uh, witness in a uh, self-sacrificial way by bringing people into our homes. And I know um, uh, Pastor Matt and his family have done that um, uh, most recently with the, uh, the family. Where were they from again? Yeah, there's the family from Afghanistan. They actually, uh, and this is the true word of hospitality, is bringing people into your home, sharing your life with them, and then uh, being able to help them integrate. And, the, and I'm sure Pastor Matt didn't sit down with that family and go through the Romans Road with them. Maybe he did, but I think it was more of a, hey, you know what, we're Christians and we love the Lord and we're willing to sacrifice our time, energy, and talents to uh, make you feel at home because of what Christ has done for us. And I think that's a powerful um, witness for us to share our lives with people in that way. And so, which brings us to our third and final point of 
of the sermon this morning is that we are ambassadors for Christ. So in the flow of the text with Paul, especially, Paul always lays out, he, he lays out this what's true and then what to do. What is true? The, the gospel is true. Jesus Christ came, he takes away our sin, he uh, was crucified, he was buried in a borrowed tomb. On the third day he rose again from the dead. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is, is, is apparent in this passage this morning as well. But that's true. And then so what do we do? He says, therefore, and what's the therefore, therefore? To tell us what to do. He says, therefore, we are, uh, we are ambassadors for Christ. So just as Paul was an ambassador for Christ, and just as he proclaimed the message of reconciliation, we too are ambassadors of the same message. We, ambas- we are ambassadors for the same Jesus who is still alive and who still reigns and who still forgives sin and who is still bringing about making new creations. So I know we all need to hear this message this morning, but I want you to think about who else needs to hear this message of reconciliation, of recreation. Maybe there's some people that have uh, wronged you this year. Maybe they need to hear, hear this message. Um, maybe there's neighbors that you know that are just far from God. They've strayed from the church right now, especially during COVID. Um, I just had a conversation with, uh, with my hairstylist and, uh, you know, she said, well, I used to go to church, but then COVID happened and, you know, I'm not going anymore. You know, maybe they need to hear the message that God still, he's still here. He still loves them. He still wants to have a right relationship with them. So who do you know who is far from God right now? Who needs forgiveness? Who needs hospitality, per se? Remember, if you are in Christ, then you are an ambassador for Christ to everyone you interact with. The message that you need to, be, need to bring with you as an ambassador is the message of God's sacrificial love. And it doesn't need to be all the way over in Nepal. Now, I mean, there are ministries that are ministering in Nepal, but my, my bet is that none of you have that on your agenda for January, is to travel to Nepal and help change unreached people groups. Um, I'm guessing that's not your plan, correct me if I'm wrong, but you do have uh, jobs and lives and people that you interact with here in Memphis. And so we want you to be ready to be that ambassador for Christ. And, and that will look different for whatever the situation is. But we want you to be uh, equipped and empowered by the love of Christ I want you to go away from here knowing this morning that Christ loves you so much. He gave his one, he gave his life for you. And so that should be motivating you uh, to go from here this morning, Um, that you are, you are adopted into God's family and you are fully loved and fully cherished. Um, So one of my favorite stories that kind of it reminds me really of of this sacrificial love um, is one of my favorite stories is from uh, Les Miserables and it's um, 
the, 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 uh, it's kind of one of the opening scenes where, if you know the story, is, is Jean Valjean had been imprisoned for a long time for stealing bread, and he gets out, and he needs a place to stay. And the bishop of the town takes him in, and the bishop gives him a good meal and, uh, and lets him stay the night. And the bishop has some nice uh, silver. He's got silverware and silver plates and things like that. So in the middle of the night, Jean Valjean, you know, he just can't help himself because right now he's just motivated by self-preservation. Like he's just trying to make it. Uh, he's not motivated by the love of Christ. And so, uh, so in the middle of the night, he gets up and he, he steals the plates and he steals the silver, silverware and he heads out. And then early in the morning or the middle of the night, the police bring him back, you know, and they bang on the door and the bishop comes to the door and they bring him in. And, you know, and they're expecting that the bishop will be angry and that he'll want to prosecute Jean Valjean and that he'll want to, you know, get his stuff back. But the, the amazing response from the bishop is that he says, you know, he says to Jean Valjean, he says, you forgot the candlesticks. And he, instead of the punishment, he gives him more, and he gives him the candlesticks. And he says, you forgot the candlesticks. You know, you're going to need these on your journey. And he, and he sends him on his way. And so the police are kind of dumbfounded. And, and if, if you know the story, of course, Jean Valjean goes on. And he's just, but he's just, he can never forget the grace and the mercy that came from the bishop. And that's, the bishop is the picture of the ambassador of Christ. The bishop had been marinating in the love, the sacrificial love of Christ. So he was ready. So I want you to be ready as we go out into the new year. Marinate in the love of Christ and be ready to be an ambassador for Christ. Let's pray. Thank you for listening to this message from Woodland Presbyterian Church, maturing God's people to serve a hurting world. Again, if you'd like to learn more about our congregation, please visit us at woodlandpres.org. Thank you very much, and God bless you today.